This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Reed Hastings stepped down as chief executive of Netflix. He will remain executive chairman of the streaming firm, which he co-founded in 1997 as a mail-order DVD service. Greg Peters, the chief operating officer, will take his place alongside Ted Sarandos, who shared the job with Mr. Hastings. Netflix reported a lower-than-expected quarterly profit of $55 million, down by 90% from the same period in 2021, but it added 7.7 million subscribers, far surpassing its own forecasts. America's government hit its $31.4 trillion debt ceiling, meaning it can no longer borrow money by issuing bonds. America's Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, has asked lawmakers to, quote, act promptly to raise the cap. Republicans, who now control the House of Representatives, are unlikely to do so unless President Joe Biden agrees to cuts in federal spending, which he appears unwilling to do. More than one million people protested across France against a government plan to raise the minimum retirement age from 62 years to 64. Strikes also caused disruption to schools, domestic transport networks, flights and a ferry service to Britain. A previous attempt by Emmanuel Macron, the president, to reform pensions in 2019 was scrapped after protests. America's Supreme Court said it has been unable to identify the source of the leaked draft opinion in last year's landmark case revoking the right to an abortion. 97 court employees were interviewed in the probe. The disclosure in May marked a stunning breach of protocol at the court, where drafts are circulated among the justices and their clerks before publication, and leaks are rare. President Volodymyr Zelensky's chief of staff, Andriy Yermak, called for Western countries to send tanks to Ukraine, quote, as soon as possible. The plea comes ahead of a summit on Friday of Western and NATO allies at the Ramstein Air Base in Germany. There, America is expected to announce a package of military aid worth around $2.5 billion, including 100 striker combat vehicles. China's health authority said that demand for critical care for COVID-19 patients had peaked, with 40% fewer people in hospital on January the 17th than on January the 5th. For the first time since 2019, people may travel freely during the holidays surrounding the Lunar New Year on Sunday, potentially increasing infections. Meanwhile, Hong Kong announced that it will scrap mandatory quarantine from January the 30th. At least 145 people are missing after a boat capsized in Congo's Lilonga River on Tuesday. About 55 survived the sinking, which was likely caused by the boat's overweight cargo. There are few roads in Congo. People and goods rely on the rivers to get around the country. More than 40 people died in October when a boat capsized on the Congo River. And fact of the day, 25%. The proportion of Indian women who owned a smartphone in 2021. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. China's economy enters a new year. 
Less than a year ago, Chinese stocks, specifically those of the tech companies that once beguiled foreign investors, were deemed uninvestable by some analysts. They argued that these assets had become almost impossible to value thanks to capricious regulations and febrile geopolitics. It turns out foreign investors can stomach a mercurial policy as long as it zags their way. China's abandonment of its zero-COVID regime was abrupt, ill-planned, and wholeheartedly applauded by equity markets. But as the year of the tiger draws to a close, a benchmark equity index has risen by 18% since the end of October. Threats remain. In a survey of Asia fund managers by Bank of America, 45% said geopolitics was the biggest risk to Chinese assets. But as the year of the rabbit begins, investors have decided it is the wrong time to hide in a foxhole. Germany's Reluctance to Send Leopards A showdown looms at a meeting in Germany on Friday of the Ukraine Contact Group, a gathering of senior defense officials from 50-odd countries arming Ukraine. Many countries are pushing to send Western tanks, and much else, to help Ukraine regain momentum against Russia. Germany is refusing to send its German-made Leopard tanks, or give other countries the permission they need to send theirs. Ukraine is pleading for capable Western tanks. Britain has promised 14 challengers, but Germany says it will release the Leopards only if America sends Abrams tanks too. This is military nonsense. The Leopard is easier to operate than the Abrams and is plentiful, with some 2,000 in service across Europe. Germany seems caught in a political tank trap. If it does not move, expect its allies to open up all the barrels. Meanwhile, America's big new arms package might include missiles of greater range than those currently fired by the celebrated HIMARS launchers. That could be a game-changer. Biden's Uneven Anniversary In January 2022, Tom Hanks narrated a video celebrating Joe Biden's first year as president. The actor's steely optimism sent a message of improvement. COVID-19 is fading, and the economy is inching back. On Friday, Mr. Biden marks two years in office. There are still victories, including climate legislation, infrastructure investment, and better-than-expected midterm elections. But the story is no longer one of linear progress. The pandemic often feels distant, but COVID kills 2,000 Americans each week. Inflation is coming down, but still high. Fears of a recession loom. Then there are around 20 classified documents from Mr. Biden's time as Barack Obama's vice president, which were discovered in places they should not be. In this scandal, Mr. Biden cannot avoid comparison to Donald Trump the former president who took over 300 sensitive documents home. As both men prepare bids for re-election in 2024, matching investigations into carelessness, or worse, over state secrets, have added an unexpected twist and cost Mr. Biden the moral high ground. Yellen and Lavrov head to Africa. 
January has been a busy month for red carpet rollers in Africa. Both the Chinese and Turkish foreign ministers took five-country tours. Next week, their Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, will arrive in South Africa. So when Janet Yellen meets Senegal's president, Macky Sall, on Friday, America's Treasury Secretary will be a part of a global competition for influence. Not that America frames it that way. The Biden administration, in contrast to that of Donald Trump, talks of partnering with African countries rather than viewing them as pawns in a struggle for influence between global powers. Following the U.S.-Africa summit in December, American officials are keen to show they are listening to Africans' concerns. These are mostly economic. More than half of the continent's 35 low-income countries are in debt distress, or at high risk of becoming so, according to the IMF. Ms. Yellen's trip, which will also include visits to Zambia and South Africa, is well-timed, but she is in a crowded field. A new single from a female supergroup. If you were to assemble a supergroup of songstresses, you would struggle to put together a stronger lineup than the one Diane Warren has forged. The Grammy Award-winning American songwriter brought together Belinda Carlisle, Gloria Estefan, Debbie Harry, Cindy Lauper, and Dolly Parton to record Gonna Be You, which is released on Friday. The song appears on the soundtrack of 80 for Brady, a film about a group of older women bound together by their love of American football, and a certain star quarterback named Tom in particular. Asked to write a song, Miss Warren was inspired by the film's Spirit of Female Friendship and the title to ask some of the most iconic singers from the 80s to perform it. In that, she succeeded. Over decades in the industry, the five singers have sold hundreds of millions of records between them. Few teams have benefited from so many star players. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which American ski resort hosts both the Winter X Games and a Center for Physics? Thursday. Which right-wing pressure group was founded by Robert Welch Jr. in 1958? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Buzz Aldrin, who was born on this day in 1930. Bravery comes along as a gradual accumulation of discipline. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.